<laughs> I do not think Venom was a stupid movie, Ronnie. Alright. Okay. Very stupid. Okay, so here we are once again, back at it again, right after New York Comic Con. This is episode number 59, and if you're not aware of what you're listening to yet, it is the Ronnie and Markel Make a Podcast Show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is episode 59, as I said before. I am Markel. And I'm your fabulous Mac Daddy, Ronnie. Uh, He's not a Mac Daddy and (laughs) never will be. Uh, He is a father of kids and... Wow, he putting all my my, my business on the streets. People can go on your goddamn Instagram Putting all my business on the streets. I didn't give me a damn address. I'm a player player from the Himalayas. You ain't never been a player (laughs) in your life of nothing but a video game. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. Fuck you. <laughs> so with that said, uh, we, we we have just returned after a grueling four days uh, of New York Comic Con 2018. And you're listening to the very special uh, 2018 edition. Now, you may be listening to this thing and like, hey, I'm listening to this show on a different day than it was. Yes, we were exhausted. We were unable uh, to record the show. One of us was even more exhausted than the other. I, I tapped out on Saturday, guys. Yeah. Sorry, Ronnie I, only I made it to the third day, guys. He was laying at home, icing his icing his legs, uh, feeling a bit choked up, like uh, Conor McGregor. Oh, did I go there? Oh shit! Sorry, Conor, didn't make it, huh? That could be put that ass. <laughs> wait, did you watch that match by the way? Yes, I did. Oh wait, what happened? Huh? What was that? It, sent, it looked to me like B was watching some videos on Conor McGregor's ass. And while he was sitting at home chilling, this dude has been defending the UFC title. He hasn't even had it that long. It, it doesn't hand, matter how long was, he's had it. It was given to him. All that matters is that he beat that he beat him like he stole something. No, he did not. He did not. Wait, the amount of offense that uh, he was able to give was like probably 2 out of 10. There was very little offense Conor from McGregor Conor McGregor. got his stuff off in the early rounds. Yeah, he ran out of gas real quick. He had that dumbass beard. He should have shaved the beard. Maybe <laughs> he could have. Wait, he's always had the beard, you hater. No, 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 no. He's, he's, he's had a shorter beard, you know, than that. He came out there with the Lucky Charms beard. Uh, you know, sitting there like, oh, yeah, I'm ready to go. He's in there taunting. This could <laughs> wait be a minute, dude. Wait, back up. The Lucky Charms beard? Wait, what do you mean? Racist. It's not racist at all. It was a lucky charm. It's, it, it was, it's magically delicious. That's nah. what I meant to say. Uh, but with that said, um, shout out to Khabib for kicking Conor McGregor's shout ass. Shout out to Conor McGregor. You still got over 100 mil, and this you guy, know what's funny? And this guy, Khabib, still sucks. You sound like those guys after Mayweather beat the shit out of Conor McGregor who were like, well, he's still... No, well, he lost. It was a little different. It was a little different. I don't know. Oh, I, was it? Was it a little bit different? I thought he kind of hacked Conor McGregor a little bit. That's what's, just wait, what's opinion. hacking? You know what? He, I can tell you right now what he did. When you What you're calling hacking is that he 
When somebody doesn't him, let you out the corner and they just... He made sure he gassed him out because everybody knows standing toe-to-toe with Conor McGregor, I'll give him all the all report, knocked out. but why would you do that? You have to come in there with a strategy to beat that person. You have to come in there with the defense. If you're going to show up to a fight with Superman, you're going to show up with fucking Kryptonite rings or something. Like, you're not well, going to show they, up. When they have a rematch, it would be good to see him go toe-to-toe and not just lay him down in a corner and try to pound He's going to gas face. him. How about, wait, so it's his fault for having a strategy of gas the guy out who has a lot of energy and then choke his ass out at the end of it. It just shows who has balls and who doesn't. Wow. Now he doesn't have, now he doesn't <laughs> have balls because he had a strategy on how to beat the guy who won his title sounds like a fighter to me sounds like a champion to me if you can switch up your style because that's not how khabib normally fights and i know usually you guys are probably listening like what the hell these guys are talking about ufc normally we don't get to this point but i know ronnie loves conor mcgregor so i just wanted to rub it in his face that conor mcgregor got his face punched in and then choked out you know and what? He- maybe conor mcgregor punch you in the face <laughs> He tapped out like a like maybe, like a, maybe the next match would be you against Conor McGregor. Let's see how you no, do. No, no, I'm a, I'm gonna use a line from I'm gonna use a line from a, a very uh, a, a very familiar member uh, movie that you remember and I remember called The Untouchables. We're gonna beat him like a stuck Irish pig. <laughs> now you think about that when I beat the rap. That's exactly what Khabib said when he was choking his ass out. And what did what did Conor McGregor do, Ronnie? Tap his hand. Uh, why did he go to WWE and join Ronda Rousey in <laughs> loser land? Wow. Yeah, okay. how about that? But you like Ronda Rousey, so you sound like a hypocrite. Ronda Lousy is what I'm <laughs> calling her at this moment. She needs to prove something. She could kick your ass too, by the I'm way. I'm pretty sure both of them can smash my face in, but that's the beauty of radio. I can hide. <laughs> 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 okay. All right, Coward, on to and, the next subject. And with subject. that said, uh, we're going to jump right into um, the New York Comic Con uh, recap and our highs and lows of New York Comic Con. I was able to go four days. Ronnie lasted for about three days. Uh, <laughs> three days and I tapped out. Three days and tapped out. So uh, day one, we went around uh, to our surprise, uh, but maybe not so much of a surprise. Most of the things that we wanted to do was probably sold out. Were either sold out or safeguarded by the dumbass lottery that they created, which they thought was a great let's, idea. Let's talk about the, the uh, Comic-Con lottery. What, what, what is your, what's your thoughts on the Comic-Con lottery? The lottery sucked ass. I couldn't do like five out of the ten things I wanted to do because every time I got in line, somebody said, Did you win the lottery? And then I said, No, I didn't win the lottery. And they oh, you can't be in the line. And I'm like, Okay, yeah. See you later. Fuck you. Well, with that said, I think that we we were standing around and we actually did get a chance to go into a couple different things. So uh, some of the just oh, we. <laughs> uh, we well, oh yeah we, uh, daily cl- uh, well some of them Ronnie went to on his own some of them we went together to uh, some of the big takeaways from uh, New York Comic Con I'll say uh, the, the cast of the Runaways uh, were there to promote season two how about the freaking cosplay cosplay was pretty awesome this year cosplay was quite amazing as always the ruler the ruler and new champion at New York Comic Con for cosplay the most amount of cosplays that I saw was related to My Hero Academia. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it definitely wasn't the Joker this year. No, no, no. no. We saw a couple of Walking Phoenix Jokers there, but for sure, My Hero Academia, there were several All Might's, Deku's, uh, Bakugo, and if you're not aware of that show yet, what the fuck are you doing? You need to go check that show out right now and, like, go go see it. But maybe you want to wait till after this episode. But um, 
It was definitely a great show. Uh, it was a cool cosplayer dressed as Blade. He even had like the theme music from oh, the first movie playing. He's been there a couple years. He's been in a couple ones. Yeah, he had the old school Blade music from the 90s. Yeah, because he sure looked about as old as Wesley Snipes. So, uh, yeah. He looked like he was a grown man for sure. I was just like, all right. He got that. He had the Bluetooth speaker and he was blasting it out. So, shout out to uh, Blade with the music. Uh, you did a great job once again. Uh, we did actually get a chance to see. Um, Deadly Class, Deadly Class, the TV show, which is coming in 2019. We met the cast of those guys. Uh, Ronnie got a Wong including from Wong uh, from uh, what was it Doctor Strange? Which is interesting because I don't know if you noticed, but I didn't realize that he had an accent. I didn't realize that at all. I'm pretty sure he was drunk too. <laughs> I don't know about you, you but I drunk? thought he was drunk. No, he I, was just very he nice. Reminded me of Bruce Willis when we saw him at the Death Wish premiere. Bruce Willis was hammered. I think that actor was. I think he was hammered. I'm, I'm, I, I slightly disagree. I'm not really sure. I don't think that was the case, but we know we never know. Um, yeah, he was cool. Most of the guys were nice. I got a, talk, a chance to talk to Rick Remender. Uh, where he was telling me about like you know him enjoying you know doing this and working on it, and the fact that this isn't the first time Deadly Class has been optioned as a live action uh, oh, series. Really? Oh really? Uh, so he was actually saying that this has been optioned a few times. So I was just like, hey, like what was it like? You know, when we talked to him, I asked him what was it like for you to get the call? You know, to say, hey, this is happening. He said honestly, he said I didn't believe it was happening until I saw actors on a set reading lines that i wrote you know that was written on uh for the deadly class show so he was in total disbelief of what was going on and some people are like that like uh some people may call it cynical some people may call it being realistic um but i think I, it's just i actually uh, was happy to believe him for once i believe somebody for once because i reached out to him about being on our podcast show and mm-hmm. he said he was really busy uh, getting this stuff together for Deadly Class, so to see it in action was like, oh, okay, this guy really is busy. Yeah. But he did say that we possibly could reach out to him sometime next year. Absolutely, so, and we'll, we'll definitely take him up on that on our show. So, guys, coming in the, in the future, we will confirm uh, Rick Remender as a guest on our show, and he will be able to tell you more about Deadly Class and that whole process of transitioning from comic to a live-action TV show, which is coming to Sci-Fi. Uh, some of our friends over there, like uh, Aaron at Sci-Fi Wire, we, big shout-out to you. Uh, who we didn't get to see. We saw you, but well, we didn't we get a chance her. to talk to from, you in person. From a stalkerish point of view. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was you, she right? She was like, we were down on the floor, and she was up. On, in, in the a little sound yeah. booth, and I, I tried waving, but she was like, uh, looked like she was enjoying the interview with uh, Power Rangers, about Power Rangers. Uh, yeah, she was uh, interviewing one of the uh, famous black, uh, the 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 first Black Ranger uh, from uh, Power Rangers. Uh, so uh, f- after the uh, Deadly Class. Um, uh, meet and greet that they had uh, where we got a chance to talk to Rick Remender and meet the whole cast. Uh, we actually uh, were chosen from Sony uh, to give our own little take and review on Daily Class. Uh, me being someone who, you know, reads the comics. Ronnie being someone who read, who, the, first who read issue, the first issue. Which I was, was uh, kind of <laughs> obvious during the interview. I don't know how they're going to use that press. It's like, uh, yeah, well, hey, I was upfront and honest. I'm like, I read the first issue but I haven't read the whole trade. So me, I was telling, I said, well, me being someone who's read uh, like five of the volumes, thank you to Comixology, which will bring up uh, some big news about those guys as well, because we got a chance to do um, an amazing interview with one of uh, Comixology's ori- originals, which is going to be coming up on our 
uh, YouTube channel uh, coming up this week. Uh, so as you listen to this right now. Oh, with Beck. With uh, Beck. For the book yes. Beck. With that's, a bo- uh, Harold Sh- Shakudo. Might be murdering his last Might name. Might be murdering his last yeah, name. Yeah, that was a pretty awesome and interesting interview. And that was actually a uh, sort of collaboration with um, Kodansha or Kodansha Comics as well, which is a very famous uh, Japanese comics company. And uh, they've been doing a lot of translation of some really amazing and legendary uh, manga from over in Japan like Beck is actually a series that was returned uh, to uh, comics and has been continued and it's uh, actually uh, you'll find out in the interview a lot about that but you, you know it was one hilarious takeaway when we were setting up for that interview like uh, so we needed a translator because uh, he spoke in Japanese but he he signaled over to me and then he had the translator say something and then and she looks at me and he's like he wants to know do you watch game of thrones <laughs> and i'm like uh, yes i do and he's like number one show of his so that was pretty awesome that was awesome uh you know to that me not being someone who has i'm i'm sorry for the for the booze right now but i've been someone who has not watched as a as a a, a true geek i have not gotten a chance to sit down and go through game of thrones uh just because of all the other things that are going on in life um but yes i know it's an amazing series i know it's one of the best like you know stories told and there's so much there the fandom is he's there. too busy watching great classics like venom guys oh so he tries to, he, he's, he's <laughs> trying to pick on venom again uh we will get to a more in-depth uh review uh towards the end of the show uh about venom uh it won't take very long because it's not a lot yeah, to talk about but it, yeah there's definitely not a lot to talk about but so we, we will continue with the uh new york comic-con for sure uh now something we did do in day two which was amazing is that we actually got a chance to uh, meet the cast of Daredevil Season 3, including Charlie Cox himself. We got some signed posters, some memorabilia. I got to meet uh, Deborah Ann Wall. She got a chance it to meet. was a great time. Oh, they were all amazing. Um, she was like, Ronnie, why haven't we met before? We should grab dinner sometime. And I'm like, stop it, stop it, Deborah, stop. Fucking Deborah asked you nothing, you loser. <laughs> asked you nothing of the sorts. She was very nice to everyone who yeah, was there. She was, she was super nice, though. Um, I got a chance if you actually go check it out. Uh, you can check out the interview on uh, uh, the AOL Build series, which you could probably check on their website, or you can check it out on um, on YouTube. Uh, you can check out my questions to them uh, in regards to uh, representation of the characters and storyline for season three going forward. So uh, that is something that you can check out uh, in you know online uh, at your leisure. But definitely check that out. But it, it was an amazing time being able to meet them to go from. That was all in day two. So in day two, we had um, we came in. We tried to go for you know the crazy Funko lottery. Uh, Ronnie got a chance to do the run. Like you, you may not have realized this, but day two was the busiest day. Day two, we came in. We tried to get Tom McFarland. weren't wasn't successful. Uh, we were successful in getting the Runaways. Uh, it's for you yeah, to get it. You were successful. I was successful in getting I, the Runaways. I was, un- you know, let me tell that story from the beginning. You oh, know that I woke up at like 4 o'clock in the morning. 4 o'clock in the morning. Drove all the way to Newark Penn Station. Mm-hmm. Got over there in line and was still in. It was like, wait, when I got in line, I was like one of the last three people who got in line. I stood there for maybe like five minutes and they cut the line off. Two people ahead of me, they cut the line off. 
Oh yeah, for uh, for Tom and Crawling? No, for the Runaways. Oh, for Runaways. Yeah, they were like, oh, 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 sorry, sir, you can't you can't be in line, and I'm like, you've got to be. And I swear, oh, just to participate for the, for the first time ever. I swear, I wanted to just flip out at Comic Con, walk up to the front, and be like, ain't nobody doing nothing, and just go crazy. Yeah, Randy had a little <laughs> spur of a moment Knock there. Knock over tables, yeah. and it's just frustrating. I'm like, they need a better system. At I agree. It's I, pretty I think- annoying. I think uh, a lot of their games. So I did get a chance to participate within the game that Marvel had, which was interesting. I, I must say it was interesting, and it was like a nice little uh, change of pace where basically. Wait, so what did you actually have to do to get a ticket for the run? I will tell you, good sir. So uh, what you had to do is once it was your turn, it was a giant screen in Marvel's booth, which is kind of like 90% of Marvel booths. They didn't really have anything else but just a giant like stage and a screen uh, in two little places for, pe- for their employees to stand. And uh, what, what happened at that point was there was a red button sitting in a center console and you had to uh, press the red button. On the screen, the little Marvel symbol did a little like flip on the screen and it flipped a couple of times and then either it landed on what you didn't want to see which was Thanos like snapping his finger which basically means you lose or it landed on a runaways in which you know confetti shot out which means that you want a ticket to be able to uh, meet the runaways cool that sounds really stupid but well, okay. no, just an interesting or, way of doing it or they could have just gave out the tickets well, then they, they, they didn't want to just do a first come, first serve. First come, first serve got a chance to play a game. Now, I'm not in a full agreement that that's the way you do it, but it is a fun experience. I uh, think. Yeah, it was a fun experience when they told me I had to get out of line. Yeah, it was really fun. I'm sorry, Ronnie. It was fun for people who had to, who was able to play. So, yeah, sorry about only that. Only thing I had to do. Wait, how idiotic does it sound? Like that they, the fact that they give them out at. 10, a, 10 o'clock. Maybe they should change that and maybe give them out at 11 o'clock. Maybe that would give like people who actually want to do this stuff maybe a, a better fighting, fighting chance. Better fighting chance, yeah. You know, then saying, oh, we give out the bracelets or the tickets at 10 a.m. Okay, cool. I just have to get that the past 10,000 other people and then I got my opportunity. You have to fight the herd of zombies that are it's all the outside. Same thing that, like last year that I. Went there like several hours early to stand in line with thousands of people just to run, <laughs> break my neck to the booth for them to go. Sorry, we're all out. So let me just, just really quick, uh, something that was different about this year, and I think I might have mentioned in another episode, was uh, the this time around I was able to go on a from a different level. Uh, I was actually able to go with a industry four day pass. Now. After a long conversation with the people at the registration booth, I was trying to figure out what was the big difference from the, between the press pass and the industry pass. And what I discovered was, one, there's a press lounge, which is just basically a bunch of tables and a separate bathroom from everybody else. <laughs> but here's the big kicker that was very different about press passage. They're free. Ah. So what I realized is that, okay... If you are like us and you're a part, you're in the media and you're, you know, speaking on entertainment and you're going to like host, you know, all kinds of things and talk about all the like nerd culture things that we talk about here. Technically, you could come to New York Comic Con as press because you are going to be doing press coverage there. But if it comes down to a point in which press passes are all given out or you are not chosen to give it a press pass, the default to that situation, if you qualify, which was what we qualify for, was industry. What you qualify. What for. I qualify for. I got rejected. Correct. 
Press is something that can be given to multiple people. So if we get pressed in 2019, <laughs> so, so you, so New York Comic Con basically screwed me over multiple times this year. Thanks, guys. Well, it's like uh, Joe Pesci in the Lethal Weapon movies. They fuck you at the drive-through, and, and they <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Thanks a lot, New York Comic Con. Well, I I appreciate them giving a giving the discounted passes. I was happy to pay the cheaper price, but. The downside to that was, now Ronnie was sitting here talking about how a lot of the booths, most of them, 99% of the booths, had... About 85% of them. About 85% of the booths had something going on at 10 o'clock, right when the doors open at New York Comic Con, which is kind of a... That is a big problem, and I hope that, like, Repop does hear this. Yeah, maybe they... Maybe, like, make it 11, 11.30. You don't give people enough time to get in the building to participate... That basically means whoever was there, like, you know, again, Whoever it's, was there at 2 a.m. got the bracelets. Yeah. Which is insane because I wonder if, you know, the half of these stars that you're racing to meet are still in bed at 2 a.m. This is true. Uh, but I, I think, too, it just gives a bit, a, more, a bit of a fighting chance for just the average goer. Because what you have to, what uh, I think they have to consider, and I hope that they do consider, is that there are a lot of first-time people coming here. So people showing up are basically just walking up and saying, oh, I'd like to participate in that. And they're like, whoa, my clock says 10.05. You are not qualified. Like, yeah, let's f- touch on that for a minute, too. How about especially first-time people that come to New York Comic Con? There's so much stuff that they don't let you know in their wonderful brochure and on their website that will set you up for failure if you do just show up and you go, oh, my God, is that Michael J. Fox over there? Communication. And then you go and you, st- and you stand in line and then someone says, did you, did you win the lottery? And you're like, like, do I play pickets? No. Like, no, 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 the, the lottery. Like our, our dear friend Albert, who was like, I can't even follow all of this stuff that they're sending me. They sent me like a thousand different emails. Correct. So he didn't sign up for anything. But it also means you can't do anything when you get there. So just a suggestion that maybe you want to, I don't know, put a little more detail into your communication with the fans. And and I think it's it's important, like, if you're, you know, again, if you're new, it's hard to sort of train people on that new process of, like, lottery and things like that. You have to get them used to it. But I think, you know, something that we came up with is not a foolproof system. But maybe Repop, you want to consider doing maybe like a token system. Now I know there's ways to break that too, because I had this conversation with Ronnie, like the black kid from South Park. No, I'm not talking about the black <laughs> kid from. So- not talking about the token black no, kid. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I know what you mean. Uh, uh, yeah, token system. Where token system? A token system where where maybe, where maybe you get to choose like three different events, or even two. I'll even say two. Two different. I'll take three. Two different events that you actually really want to do. And let's uh, let's give a green light and say, yeah, these people can do this event with this token system. If that event is still available, yeah, if it's still available, available, you can go ahead and get a token system and go. Now, as I as I always like to look at things, and my my whole um, you know background of looking at things and debugging it is, I always look at ways that you can break systems, and I see some flaws in in a in a token system, but I also see some benefits of like. Hey, I'm showing up to New York Comic Con, and I'm not, it's not a, like, I'm sitting there trying to guess if these are, like, I'll give you a great example. I'm, I'm a photographer, and I'm going to, uh, you know, an expo that's happening in New York called the Photo Expo. I know all the things that I'm going to go to because I've already signed up for them ahead of time. So when I show up and I've already paid to go to this event, 
I know what the fuck I'm going to. Oh, like, you I'm mean not... there's no lottery so that you can't? There's no stipulations that say you can't do something when yeah, you get there? like, it's just a matter of, like, I'm going to these things, and if they're closed, they're closed. That's it. Like, you're done. Like, enough said. Line's over. Move on with your life. I understand that to some extent, you know, that that's one way. And I understand why, too, why New York Comic Con would come to this point of trying to do something like a lottery. Because I always say... It, you need an, a nice little group of people to be able to complain and maybe give a decent idea in order for things to happen. doesn't take a lot of people. So I'm pretty sure there were some people who have complained about, like, oh, I got <laughs> to the end of the or a whole lot. A lot I'm of pretty people. sure there were a lot of people that complained. No, no, I'm not talking about the lottery, but I'm saying pe- before the lottery. Oh no. oh, no, I mean, like, in general. Yeah. There were enough people who probably complained that there was no real order to, like, the chaos of the lines. So now they narrowed it down to say, I'm only going to have 50 people who won this lottery for this Funko Pop thing and only these 50 people. But you cannot be surprised if anyone has gone to New York Comic Con and you look at the Funko booth and for the last couple of years when they had the lottery... There's like a hundred people standing around begging, begging, and begging people to buy stuff for them. Yeah, and they have the audacity to have staff cock blocking you away so you can't do that. Get away from here. You can't be standing here. And the perception of that to me says you paid 65 bucks like everybody else to be here, but you you didn't win the lottery, so fuck off. That's what that says to me. I get oh, I, I, oh are you here for uh are you here for the Chris Rock signing? Did you win the lottery? No? Okay, fuck off. It's like but I wish I could yeah, we all wish and we wish that Which a better perception of thing I'll tell you, you still be you'd still be pissed off like I was when I didn't get into the runaways line. But someone telling me the line is capped, I feel like at least I had a chance and I did it with my own discretion, as opposed to someone telling me I didn't win something, so I got to get out of here. Well, yeah, you were, you were, un- and that, again, that goes back to the first time people who are there, who now have to wait till the next year to can to be considered for the lottery for the thing <laughs> now, that they signed now, up for. Now four let's days take for. it a step further. Let's say you really wanted the Funko lottery in 2018. Let's say in 2019 you still don't win the Funko lottery. I know people who said like, "Hey, I've uh, I haven't won the lottery in four years for the Funko," and it's like, "Damn, really? Okay. Uh, well, sorry about that. I, I guess that's uh, so that, you that can't sucks. be. So you definitely can't be mad at people who are like begging other people. You know what it looked like to me when I saw people begging for the Funko lottery? It looked like the scene in Titanic when the ship's going down and people are like <laughs> screaming to get into the boats." This is true. People are like, please, I have a child. If you only will take my child, I, I will take the Biggie Smalls pop, uh, the New York Comic Con exclusive. And, I mean, we all know how crazy the Funko Pop. We don't have to go into, like, a huge detail. You, If you know Funko Pop, you know that it is a huge commodity right now. At some point, I will say it now, at some point, this whole thing is going to implode on itself. I don't think for a while, but I think at some <laughs> yeah, point it's check, going to implode. Check on back in about ten years or so. Yeah, we we don't know when, but something 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 simple could happen, like poison in the plastic, you know, something like that. I don't, who knows? Because they might ship them too fast, and then all of a sudden a, a rash of people. And then what if you have these like, you know, silver, you know, Goku's that they make that have some type of like stuff in the paint that's like causing cancer or some kind of shit like okay you, you just, you're taking it a stretch, stretch all i'm saying is that stretch too far there i'm not saying that's i don't think it's a stretch too far because if 
if more expensive products can be recalled for health reasons, I don't see any reason why a plastic toy that's you know mass produced in the same level as some big like an iPhone or something well, can still cause a problem. You're not supposed to eat it. At the same time, if it's something that, like, I open the box and it's, like, some chemical that's in the paint, you know, or you have a small kid kind of enemies it. you got? <laughs> I, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying anything other than so, I do not sit there and say, oh, well, because all these new, like, some people go, oh, I, well, Funko Spots are not going to die out because there's so many things that they could do. It could easily be something as simple as, like, you know, something physical happened that causes it well, to go downhill. They've been, they've been around for 20 years so far, my friend. So, uh, uh yeah. no, I, just, I don't think it's been 20 years, but yeah, it's been like close to 20 years already. It's not 20 years, but I, I get you're what talking you're about saying. the Funko Company. They've been around for 20 years, but almost. the popularity of them has surged. I would say with at least within the last five years no, to a point. It's longer than that. It's long. It's been longer than five years. No, I, I'm, I'm talking about people have been buying them, but in terms of where we are right now. Now with Funko, where it's a a point where people are like leaving their jobs because they're selling pump Funko Pops out of their garage, and you got guys out in the parking lot like, "Hey kid, come here. You want that Vegeta? I got it right here, two hundred bucks." Like you know, it's it's gotten to a point now where it's like it has reached a very high point. That uh, that old. I think it's only been it's only like maybe seven or eight years. What are you talking about? Like since it's been to the point, the point you're talking about. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. Within the last like five years or so, it has been it's gotten to a height where it's now becoming this like, it's 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 I say personally, it's beyond the point of Beanie Babies at this point. It's it's beyond that point. It's now to a place that I don't think Beanie Babies would ever get to. But uh, with that said, uh, going back to New York Comic Con, uh, what are what are some other things we some highs and lows? We sat here and complained enough about how the lottery, <laughs> you know, isn't fair. Yeah, because they don't care. Uh, uh, yeah, and so the bracelet system. We, is- we met up with a, f- a few of our friends in Artist Alley, uh, Justin Jordan, of Luther Strode fame, and spread hey, Im- image comic spread. And the cat wrangler himself. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was great seeing him. Got a chance to meet another guy uh, who will be a future guest on the show, Michael Garland, who also worked on a book with John Lehman, another uh, guest of the show. Uh, and he will be coming in to also talk about uh, Leviathan and some other titles that he has no, going no, on no. right now. Leviathan. The Leviathan. Um, so there there as as we as you may or may not have seen on the instagram i posted quite a few pictures of people who have confirmed uh being on the show so we're looking forward to them. some of those names so that you're aware of them uh two really big names alex sinclair and and uh scott williams you may know scott williams oh my from, god scott uh, williams you don't know scott williams nah, i don't know who that is so scott williams is also someone who did worked on batman hush uh, so pretty big DC project and a bunch of other like the list goes on and on. You should probably definitely Google him um, and a few other people, uh, some up, some up and comers, and one guy who's actually right now one of the finalists in in the uh, Brisk and Pepsi Challenge. Uh, that would be Mr. Simpson. Uh, I believe his name, first name was Charles. Yes, Charles Simpson, Charles Simpson. Uh, is one of the uh, finalists within the uh, that the. Prepsy and Brisk Artist Challenge, um, along with another uh, gentleman, uh, uh, I believe his name is Brian, uh, Brian Johnson. Um, that was the, another the dude guy. dude from Comic Book Man? Oh, not that guy, no. <laughs> this, guy. <laughs> this guy was a different one. He had a little story, what was it called? Little Dragon or? Uh, uh, oh, God, what was it called? Little Jackson? Uh, 
Yeah, I, we'll, have to, we'll have to get back <laughs> we'll to you on the name. To, we'll have but, to get back on that But one. these guys are finalists within the Pepsi and Brisk Art Challenge, which I was unaware of as an artist myself. I I have to look into this for, for next year. I believe when I saw something for this year, uh, Michael B. Jordan has something to do with it. So um, shout out to these guys, but they're going to be coming up to talk on the show. And we had a blast, you know, sitting there talking to them about My Hero Academia. We spoiled a lot of stuff for Ronnie going forward. Yeah, so that was a lot, a lot of fun. Because I've only seen the first season so far that's your own fucking fault it's just like my own fault for not seeing game of thrones don't worry i'll start texting you spoilers of game of thrones by all means it's so <laughs> goddamn long i won't even remember what the hell the spoilers are at that point i know about the red wedding i know about the dragon who gets turned you know spoilers if anyone who doesn't know about that um but let's see returns of new york comic-con was there anything else um there was we didn't get a chance to participate in it, but we did get a chance to see it get get set up. There was a signing for, uh, and there was some footage at a panel for the new David David Harper um, Hellboy movie, oh, which is yeah, coming. Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, so it's also starring Mila Jokovic as well as the Red Queen. Um, so we're Wait, all Mila Jokovic is Mila Jokovic is playing. She was retired from movies. Mm, not if the paycheck's right. <laughs> uh, so it's apparently you know she's in there and she's the Red Queen at this point. Um, and there's a few other characters in there as well. Oh, that's um, like really good news. Now, now I might actually go and see it. Wow, you weren't going to see this movie before? Yeah, I don't really care about this movie. I'm I don't like, know what to say. Except I'm for still a jerk. fan of Ron per- Perlman's uh, Hellboy, so I'm well, like, hey Ron, you know what happens? This looks like this same movie, so I'm like, I don't. So really the cast right now, we have uh, Mila Jovovich in uh, what we've uh, so far only been able to confirm as um, the Red Queen, uh, David Harbour as Hellboy. Uh, Daniel Day Kim as uh, Ben uh, DeMio from the comics. And don't forget, um, last but not least, Ian McShane. Ian McShane playing who, whatever cool voice needs to be played because that's just... I'm sorry, he's playing Professor Broom uh, at the point. So, And there's also another uh, young lady, uh, Sasha Lane, which is playing, I believe, the love interest. Um, Brian Gleason, Sophia Akendo... Uh, yeah, no one. Then, knows, yeah, no one knows who those people are. Well, they're uh, they're, they're characters. It seems as if they're not uh, fully confirmed. Now, this isn't the first movie, as Ronnie said, that they're making with Hellboy. So, I'm always looking for them. This is actually going to be a movie that's supposed to have a rated R rating. Now, is it necessary? Yes, because we love violence. So yes, we love violence. So I'm assuming that this movie is going to have a combination of violence. And um, nudity and all kinds of things like that. So I'm pretty sure that that we're gonna get that in this in this particular show. He looks so. literally exactly like Ron Perlman. I don't see the difference. Uh, I guess maybe that's why my brain keeps saying this movie's pointless. Well, but, but so let, I mean, once I see a first trailer, maybe that might change my mind. So let's look at that for a second, right? So what I see from this right away as a as a as a Hellboy fan and, and a comic nerd. Um, when I see the poster for this movie, something I notice about the poster that you may may or may not remember from the original movies, which is um, Hellboy has something significant about his head, right? Yeah. Hellboy, in what we saw in Ron Perlman, is missing his horns. Those horns are very significant within the storylines because, like, they determine him being the great beast and, like, him being the thing that kind of, like, ends the world. So, um, 
I will go ahead and say that I've seen I, I see that within the David Harbor story, and I'm wondering if they're deciding to just keep the horns on. And but that to me is kind of sucks because it takes away from the uh, very cool image that I have in my head, as well as many other fans have in their head of Hellboy having his you know horns pretty much broken off, um, which we only got a chance to see a part of that within I believe the second movie. Um, with uh, with Ron Perlman, so maybe we'll get more 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 uh, a chance to see more of that. No, yeah, remember um, we saw that in the first one too. Was that in the first one? With yeah, him it was with the, the first one horns? when he had the longer horn. Oh, it was the first one. Okay. Only reason I might see this movie is because Mike Manola also helped write the script. Yes. So because of that, I might see it. But other than that, hopefully it's not literally the same movie. Ronnie is a uh, conservative who uh, likes his his uh, coffee black and. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, so he doesn't necessarily <laughs> like true. change. That is not true. He's like, oh, he's got horns. I have a problem with it. No, God. nothing like that. So he that. has a flaming sword in the poster. I'm really excited about that. And they gave out this really cool poster that we didn't get from New York Comic Con. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm a little sour about that. <laughs> it's funny. We make it, we talk about a lot of stuff we didn't get to do this year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got to, to watch other people do it, though. Yeah, that was, it was, that cool. was fun. Not. Nah, um, did get a chance to meet some people like a very famous uh, Mark Bagley, who is uh, one of the great artists on Venom. Oh yeah, uh, that was awesome. Okay, awesome we got experience. we got to do that. I mean, it was surprised that wasn't a lottery. On oh, um, uh, you know. wait, let's see. Uh, I got a chance to meet some people from uh, was it Dark Horse or IDW? Both. I remember. Yeah, some people from there. Uh, some as a young lady who was working on a Minecraft series. I just have to look up. We got to see Gerard Way, the uh, lead singer of My Chemical yes, Romance yes. and author of the Umbrella Umbrella Academy. We didn't yes. get to meet him because uh, whatever douchebag manager or whatever that was, I was standing around. When I asked for a picture, he just literally said no. And walked away from me. There was another guy. Um, we didn't get a chance to see him, but apparently he made quite an a, a, uh, impression with doing free selfies and pictures. Uh, Joe Magniello, uh, Alcide Joe from True Blood. You're not sure of that last name, huh? Um, I got a chance on Sunday to uh, meet Sam Keefe, who was doing a signing of the uh, new Mac, the Max and Batman crossover. Wait, who's Sam Keefe again? Uh, he does the Max. He did the mat. He did the covers for the Max. And I don't have any music that's like I don't have any cricket music, so I'm just gonna. You just sitting there like <laughs> I have no idea who that. It's no, okay. I, no, it's I, a no, famous comic legend, no, Ronnie. Mean, no, I didn't mean in the sense of I don't know who he is. I meant no one cares. I. <laughs> it's you like probably now, should Google I'm just him, kidding. Sam. I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. Sam yeah. Keith, I like you. Yeah, Sam uh, Keith, if you're you awesome. see Ronnie, no. you are allowed to punch him directly <laughs> in the a, face. It's a hard joke. as you can. It's a joke. Sam Keith is awesome. Uh, oh, yeah. Now he panders <laughs> to you, Sam no, Keith. No, no, no. He goes like, please, uh, I, I don't want you to. Yeah, once they make Batman and, and the Max into something big, Ronnie's like, let's have him on the show. And then Sam Keith sends us an email like, Ronnie's an asshole. And I will <laughs> not have anything to do with him. Same thing with Charles Soule. Charles Soule's going to be like, oh, Ronnie didn't like Return of Wolverine? Fuck him. Like, <laughs> we're not going to deal with him at all. All right. Well, hey, I mean. It wasn't that good. It was. Oh, okay. you it didn't was, even read it. It was okay. Yeah, I did. The Max and Batman oh, no, crossover. I was talking about the Return of Wolverine. I was like, meh. Well, you said you. Yeah, we we talked about it before, and you got a chance to go through it. And you were complaining about how cheesy it was. Yeah, it was nothing new. Like something someone wrote before. Like, mm. that's just me. 
Well, um, so the highs, uh, we'll say, recapping uh, New York Comic Con, the highs where we got a chance to see some of our old friends, uh, both within the industry and outside the industry. Uh, we got a chance to participate with Sony in the dead class uh, meet and greet, as well as a little bit interviews after. Uh, we got a chance to, I got a chance to talk with the cast of the Daredevil season three. Uh, we got a chance to see Gerard Way. We got a chance to see them set up for Hellboy. <laughs> yeah. uh, but and saw the awesome poster they were giving oh, away. Oh, you know who we're forgetting? We we got to meet Travi McCoy of Gym Class. Oh Heroes. man, that was awesome. That was pretty yes. awesome. That was well. You're you're sitting here. You're not even talking about the fact that yes, I did give you my fucking ticket for the Runaways. You did get a chance to meet the cast of the Runaways and oh, get well, signatures because yeah, of you, not because of Comic Con. Well, again, you got a well, chance to meet I guess them, so talk a, about a, it. In a way, I guess it's still Comic-Con. They made the opportunity happen, so shout out to New York Comic-Con. So go yeah. ahead and, and, and talk about, uh, you know, from the beginning, what your experience was with... Uh, well, it wasn't... It was... I guess it was half good. Like, okay, so we got the ticket. I was excited. Went to the signing. But I had the... The ticket stated that you could only get one item signed, which is like, all right, I'm going to, you know, get to meet these people. I can only have one item signed. Whippy. But all right. So I said, all right, uh, yeah, rules are rules. So I go and I go, what can I get to get them signed? So I said, I collect Funko Pops. Why not a Funko Pop? Which Funko Pop uh, makes sense to me? If you know the Runaways TV show, Alex Wilder is one of the main characters the first season kind of centers around him so i thought what if i get this pop and i have the entire cast sign this pop mm-hmm. only once i get in line they take my ticket i get to the stage and the staff there tell me i can't have them sign the pop and well, i'm so like, told you ahead of time which i'm like so on top of not winning lotteries they put other stipulations like i can't get a picture and i can't get uh, the whole cast to sign this thing. Cool. Great experience. But so then here's the icing on the cake. I get on stage and the the father and mom of the of Alex's character. I see them. I'm like, oh, my God, these guys are amazing. This is dope. I'm talking. She was very with, beautiful. In person, I, by I'm way. talking with them and I get to uh, what is it? I get to the the girl who plays the Asian character. Sorry to say it like that, but <laughs> I don't know how, how else to say that. But uh, I get to her, and she tells me, "Oh man, why didn't you have the parents sign your uh, your what's the name to sign your Funko Pop?" So I go, "Wow, you know, funny story there." By the well, way, her, her name is Lyrica Okano. Lyrica Okano. There we go. So I'm talking with Lyrica Okano. And she tells me, oh, man, why didn't you get the, the parents to sign the Funko Pop? And I go, funny story. They told me that you guys can't sign anything other than, you know, the, the poster that because they were signing a Runaways poster. And to which the cast members look at each other and then look at me like they have no idea what I'm talking about. I just sigh in sadness. And they go, and they finish signing my poster. And it was still cool to meet them or whatever. The only thing that I was able to do, which was still cool, was uh, the main character, which is Alex Wilder, uh, played by the actor Renzi Feliz. I think I'm saying his last name right. But Mm -hmm. um, I actually got him to sign the Funko Pop, so that was kind of dope. And that was it. Didn't get any pictures with them, but still a halfway decent experience. 
Okay. Well, uh, I'm glad that you had some kind of good experience going in and meeting the cast of the Runaways. Uh, we didn't get a chance to go to... They had a screening of episode one at uh, Madison Square Garden, sponsored by Hulu, uh, which some people described it as being great. I don't have a problem with this series. Um, now that they are actually Runaways on the run... Uh, hopefully that this season will kick into high gear and we don't have to waste a lot of time trying to do character development for parents that we didn't really learn about in the first volume of the book anyway. <laughs> but that's okay. I understand that it's a it's television a, it's show. A television so show. Gotta, you got to keep everybody interested. Yeah, they had to give you the, the relationship between the kids and the parents and why they would be afraid. I get it. I understand why you did it. I wasn't. Oh, I gave you it know, a 7 out of 10. Um, Angel Parker, who plays the mom, by the way, I got to talk with her because she also played on the strain. Yep. And we both shared a moment where she was also disappointed when she found out her character was going to die on Spoilers. the Spoilers. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that, guys. But, yeah, like, I, I thought her character was going to make it to the end of the strain, but she didn't. But, uh, you know, that's just me. But it was still fun to meet her. It was fun to meet everybody. I didn't know that Greg Sulkin, who plays Chase on the show, did not know that he had an accent. I think it was either British or Australian. Did not know that at all. So great there, job to him as an actor. There were a few people missing. Um, both the the Yorks family, um, which was uh, Gertrude's uh, parents, uh, as well as, uh, as you're speaking about uh, Chase Stein, his dad, who is also Spike from Buffy, uh, who uh, played that in that CW show, um, was also missing from here as well. Did so they were, die? <laughs> did he well, die no, they, in the first season? Well, Spoilers. They, well, the other parent, did the, the uh, Stacey York's Oh, uh, wait, character? no, they brought him back to life, right? Yeah, yeah, they, they brought him back to life, I believe. Yeah, uh, yeah. For, I might have to rewatch the first season again. Yeah, in order to oh, I'm pretty sure when you watch it, if Hulu is like Netflix with their original series, they will give you like a two minute trailer in which they like recap everything that's going on because these shows come out like every year, so it does take a little bit of time for you to like keep up with them. This show came out in 2017, so. Uh, that was a good moment, and I'm glad that you did get a chance to experience that. I got a chance to watch it from the audience, so I was fine with that because, honestly, I didn't care to meet these guys. So it wasn't <laughs> Wow, really, okay. I'm, there's nothing wrong with the show. I just I wasn't – it wasn't something on I'm my excited. agenda. I'm excited. It's one of my favorite new shows. I will definitely watch it, and we shall definitely talk about it here on the show. Uh, with that said, I think that's everything for the New York Comic Con. Did you have anything else for New York Comic Con before we dive into a lovely Venom review? Uh, probably just like the essence of being at Comic Con is always dope. Always see dope. so many happy nerds in one place, not giving a shit, wearing their cosplay, eating their overpriced food. Like it's just <laughs> a dope moment. So, yeah, I agree. I think it was. Um, it is. Four days of just awe. I mean, the the hours and hours of standing in lines and walking for like miles and miles are definitely things that allow you to lose. Like, you know, it's funny. I got on a scale uh, this morning, um, and somehow between the last the couple three, of days, three fifteen. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I, I actually lost five pounds from uh, being there. But that was... Wait, I, that how was, much do you weigh? Now I can say how much I... Tell you how much I weigh. How much uh, do you weigh? Last time I checked, I was like 250. Oh, wow. Look at that. I'm I'm less. I'm 233. All right. That's totally fine with me. Uh, Man, I'm, this guy's fat. I'm, pretty, I'm a pretty fat Holy guy. Holy crap. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so with that, with that said, I will, I will say, you know, 
Neo Comic Con is definitely an experience that I engage, regardless of all of the shit that you hear us complain about. Uh, survival get, please bring water, snacks, all of that stuff to keep you alive. And take deep breaths when you don't get into stuff. <sighs> yeah, woosa, woosa. Woosa. Um, but it is definitely an experience like no other. Talking to other fans of the same thing, geeking out about things that you love, seeing people. Uh, become just so creative with the cosplay like we talked a little bit about it earlier but the cosplay every year gets better and better because I love to see mashups that people have like one of the best mashups I saw uh, top five we let's let's just say before we move on to the venom review top five uh, top five I don't, uh, know if I, remember, I, I don't know if I remember five but I can tell you one of the funniest is Pootie Tang <laughs> oh yeah! So you'll get a chance to see in some of our videos coming up for uh, all of our social medias, including our new YouTube channel. Uh, you'll get a chance to see our interview with Pootie Tang, uh, which this guy was amazing. Oh and wait, it was also like the gargoyle-looking creature guy with the chainsaw. That he almost looked like some real shit. Almost ran the other direction. Oh yeah, with the uh, sci- yeah, a lot of people had some really great sci-fi there. Uh, so that's two for you. Oh, don't forget about the Captain America with the motorcycle that was outside. Woo! That yes. was some awesome cosplay. I'll put that on my list for sure. That's I'm one like, on my list. Uh, and then I guess Freddy Krueger because that mask he had on looked so freaking real. Absolutely. Is that, uh, was that four? Uh, so I, had, I had one more. Oh, and I'm going to give it to the, the, the glow ladies. All the glow Zoya ladies. Zoya and Liberty Bell. That was very nice. I would say the first one was actually a group. Because it's very ironic that uh, you'll hear in an upcoming uh, interview that we did for, for uh, with Comixology uh, for the uh, book Beck, there was a moment towards the end where we got off, we sort of got off topic, and that's what we normally do in interviews anyway, but we started talking about um, mashups and like fights between uh, Burger King and McDonald's. Oh, and the McDonald's people. Yeah, and we happened to see, and you can see the pictures on, on our Instagram and our Facebook, uh, some guys actually decided to dress up like Asgardian uh, Burger King characters as well as McDonald's characters, and they just looked fucking awesome. So <laughs> they had the Burger King with the Loki helmet. It was amazing. So that was one of my top ones. The second one was one who I believe won something within the Marvel Becoming Challenge, which they actually have a cosplay championship that they do there every year as well. Um, which was uh, like a mecha carnage that I remember from an old video game with Spider-Man. Uh, and that I the, believe, was that the little boy? The little boy that was dressed No, 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 not the little boy. Uh, the mecha carnage, which was a guy that had on stilts, and it was just like six or seven feet tall uh, guy who was in a carnage outfit that was also looked like it was like a cross-up between, if you anybody knows from the comics, a character named Onslaught. But it looked like if Onslaught uh, got Venom, uh, uh, Carnage's suit uh, on him and splashed onto him, and he literally had smoke coming out of his machine and like lasers and the whole kind. It was just amazing. So I'm pretty sure he won something because I saw him yeah. on the main stage. Yeah, a costume I've never seen at Comic Con Mysterio from Spider Man. I've not, I've yet to see someone try oh, to. You talking about old school fish, old fish school bowl head? head. That, wow. must, that must not be easy to pull off if you haven't seen anybody do it. Probably, I would. I would say it's it's 
harder to do for you to be able to see, but I'm pretty sure if you Google it, that people have it's done. It's gonna be kind of interesting to see that in the new Spider-Man movie coming next year. We Was can't confirm. That, yeah, we, we can't, can't confirm, confirm just if, yet if that he's that's gonna, if he's gonna have the fishbowl head. But well, we have, actually can't confirm yet uh, anything on that movie really because no no official things have come out. We've only seen. Uh, what we can trust sources of people on set and people with cameras and paparazzi, they are seeing some pictures of Jake Gyllenhaal in some kind of costume. There is, you know, plenty of talks. Yeah, he's Mysterio. But nothing, nothing has been <laughs> confirmed yet. Uh, so we are hoping that we do get a chance to see him as Mysterio and some more things coming from that. So we'll talk more about that as we are able to get like some more reliable sources. But rumor is he is Mysterio and that he's been seen in costume already. So. Um, and some costume changes for Spider-Man have come up as well from that movie. Uh, with that said, uh, I think, uh, let's see, it was a few more uh, cosplay there. Uh, all of the people who uh, bravely, I would say one guy you'll see in one of our interviews, which is one of the best All Might costumes uh, that I saw, simply because a lot of people were missing the blue eyes. Those striking blue eyes within the the black makeup or, or the black eyes that are in there, a lot of people were missing that. And those are some very striking details, which makes All Might, when he's in muscle mode, look very, you know, heroic. Or in cases where, you know, he's been a little bit more villainous, uh, you know, you get a chance to see him look a little bit more venomous. So that was uh, pretty uh, villainous. <laughs> Uh, no pun intended. No, no pun intended for uh, Venom. I meant to say villainous. Um, but we, again, with that said, uh, I think those are my top ones, and some of the other ones are ones that Ronnie said. So uh, let's go ahead and dive into a quick review in the uh, last part of the sh- uh, last segment within the show, uh, in which we review from top to bottom Venom. Whew. Venom. Uh, Venom dropped. Boy, uh, oh boy! Right within the weekend of New York Comic Con, I actually got a chance to see New York uh, Venom during a screening on my birthday, October third, which um, which was my my first skeptical skeptics about the film. I asked you what you thought of it, and you were like, "The parts were Ven- with Venom were cool," and I'm like, "That doesn't sound <laughs> like this movie was good." I think what I think what okay so. I went into this movie as I'm trying to do with as many movies as possible. I love comics. I love, you know, everything to do with, like, many parts of pop culture. A lot of stuff we talk about here. Wrestling, UFC, um, you know, Funko Pop, toys, anime, uh, you know, any kind of animation. I love all that stuff. So, Sony was given an opportunity to undo the, the mistake of what they did in Spider-Man 3, which is like throw Venom, a very important Spider-Man character, into a Spider-Man movie and not make him a main villain. That was a big mistake. They turned him into a, a tiny-ass, like, baby raptor wow, type style thing. they just treated Venom like a stepchild. I just thought about that. Yeah, they just threw him into an actual movie where we wanted him with Spider-Man. They just threw him in, undeveloped or anything, and then they made a one without Spider-Man. And they didn't do that right either. I, here's, what, here's what I'm going to say that I think that they got right with this movie. In comparison, this just based on this purely on Sony's interpretation of Venom, what they got right this time around uh, was there, is, there are two people. One thing that's very uh, that people have to remember that Venom says multiple times is we are Venom. I know that, you know, spoilers, the movie ends on this very 
terrible note of like saying with Tim uh, Tom Hardy, you know, doing the CGI thing and wearing <laughs> it, it, it was bad. It was not a good choice of, of like being able to end the movie that way. But with that said, what they did get right before we talk about what we may not agree with in, in terms of war, what I will just go ahead and blatantly say they got wrong. What I uh, believe there is that we we got a chance to see the symbiote, which the symbiote had a storyline and Eddie Brock had a storyline. That I will applaud you for giving me a storyline about Venom, which is two separate characters that have to work together to become one of the best anti-heroes within comics, right? So uh, Tom Hardy, you know, plays Venom, uh, both the, the symbiote's voice as well as um, Eddie Brock within the movie. Um, it's starring Michelle Williams, Riz Odman, Scott Hayes, and a bunch of other people that you may or may not know. Um, <laughs> so this movie's biggest stars are essentially Michelle Williams and Tom Hardy. Um, Michelle Williams' character is not really relatable. Not many of the characters in this movie are like relatable. Oh, or that's, you that's have funny. That's where I differ. You said you said the best that other stuff was the best part of the movie. I think. The best thing they did with the movie was Tom Hardy. Well, I didn't even say Michelle Williams. Well, no, that's what I just said. The relationship, Tom Hardy and and Venom being two separate characters. No, 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 I don't mean that. I just mean the casting of Tom Hardy. That's all I mean. I don't don't mean the relationship between Tom Hardy and Venom. I mean, the only thing that I think they got right, in my opinion, is Tom Hardy in the role. I thought Tom Hardy was a good choice to play Eddie Brock. Okay, I will. I will say that I don't completely agree with it. I think that, for my my taste of Eddie Brock, he was not necessarily my Eddie Brock. I'll go ahead and say that I like Venom. Venom is one of my favorite characters, if not my favorite villain. Um, he was not my Eddie Brock in that sense, but he was his own thing. It seemed to me more like he was playing. A very sort of quirky character in this movie who is like just didn't who at one point had his shit together and then didn't have his shit together and you know is trying to make things work but he keeps you know doing things selfishly for himself and through working with Venom decides to do things that are not as selfish okay I get it they're that, that they were they had I can see that they had some that. of the essences of, of the character there so Tom Hardy did the best job at what he was given at this point so I agree with you Tom Hardy I, is a high note he on was this movie. he was the only high note for me I didn't think that and I love Michelle Williams going all the way back to Dawson's Creek I would have casted probably a stronger actress for that role I also hated the villain Carlton Drake played by Riz Ahmed I think they should have cast. I think they should have cast a more recognizable person and a stronger actor as the villain, because mm-hmm. I just didn't do it for me. I, I like he wasn't believable as a bad guy to me. Like this diabolical, you know. Like and, and I would have cast somebody like William Defoe or something. I don't know. So so let's talk about. I wouldn't have gone William Defoe just for the simple fact that like he's connected to the old Spider-Man universe. It'd have been cute, but. Nah, I don't think he deserved to be a part of this. Um, 
Now let's talk. One 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 great thing we'll say is if you're listening to this now and you may or may not be aware, this movie has already made a, a buttload of money. It did. It made eighty million in its first weekend and has over two hundred million worldwide yeah, within a week. Nothing else came out, and it's a superhero movie, so of course we're we're gonna flock automatically, no matter we what. We were gonna flock because it's the first Venom movie, I believe. Yes, I think that people did want to see Venom on screen. Um, we're gonna you know definitely see that. I think. One of the problems with the movie is that they uh, that they, even in the marketing they say we have enough superheroes. No, we don't. There's a lot of superheroes that we still haven't seen, and we would wish we wish that you would focus on them. Um, but I, I understand you want to try well, to make. I your, think if they were gonna do, if they were going with the world has enough superheroes, the first the mistake they made is that this movie wasn't rated R. I don't if, think it needs to be. Because if you were gonna, if you were gonna, if you were showing the world that the world has enough superheroes, then he was supposed to do some villainous stuff, which he doesn't really. I, he, I think we've he, had he, this debate He bites before. people's heads off, and there's no blood. There's no. There's no body parts. There's no. There's no nothing. Where this movie bothered me um, from the beginning, let's say right from the credits, right? It takes a while to get things going in this movie. And I get it. They're they're going for it. They're trying to establish a world. So a couple of things that I, I, I noticed. One um, thing that I noticed in this is that they talk about a past life for Eddie Brock. Eddie Brock working at what was in this movie not called the Daily Bugle, but the Daily Globe. Now for, you know, the uninitiated, do you let me ask you, do you know what the Daily <laughs> the Globe uninitiated. is? Okay, Bane. <laughs> well the uninitiated do you know what the Daily Globe is? It's a newspaper company. Okay. <laughs> uh, but do you know like where that comes in terms of the uh, like the world? Oh, you mean like in within his world? Uh, sure. Nah, not too familiar. Okay. So a couple of times, let me dig into my crates here and uh, and pull it out. So a couple of times. Um, the, the main thing is the Daily Globe versus the Daily Bugle, which a lot of people are aware from Spider-Man universe and him working there. The Daily Globe uh, is a rival newspaper to the Daily Bugle. So I kind of figured something It's kind like of that. a, like, it's, it's a way for them to kind of point out that, okay, um, we are connected to a larger world and saying that over in New York, there is a Daily Globe, and we are to, I guess, assume... That there is a Daily Bugle somewhere, depending on where this is in the universe. Because there was a point in time in which the Daily Bugle was taken over and J. Jonah Jameson wasn't in charge. Like, currently in the comics, he has his own blog. Speaking of blogs, uh, or, you know, YouTube star, or online star, or news star, they decided to take the approach in this movie of making the Eddie Brock Report. Which was basically like him being a in the field journalist, in the field and, with his own, you like, know, YouTube uncovering channel. stories and you know being famous in that way. And he did work for a a, a you know large uh, media conglomerate, uh, which fired his ass after you know dig, uh, saying some wrong things during an interview with uh, Drake with uh, what's her name, uh, which is uh, the Drake character, um, uh, Carl- Carlton, Carlton Drake. Drake. Yes, so. With that, we go into what seems to be Ex Machina land, which uh, for the uninitiated, Ex Machina land means too goddamn convenient for the plot. 
Um, which is, oh, just so happens his girlfriend happens to work for the Life Foundation, which is like the big organization as a lawyer. And just so happens, for some reason, they decide to send her a bunch of paperwork on some people who are being <laughs> experimented on and being killed. And just so happens, he happened to, take he a happens to also see that email as well. So it's like, okay, all right, I ex machina the fuck out of the situation granted as we're going through this we are looking i'm looking at my watch and i'm in a theater and i'm like we are going into 30 minutes of this movie and i've yet to see anything other than just venom in a container and maybe kill somebody in a like a weird like parasite type oh of we're forgetting about the escape symbiote from the beginning of the film ah that, uh, yes yes that, yes, like, yes yes let's talk about that takes, bullshit. takes a host and uh, ambulance driver and then goes on a little journey through the film <laughs> goes for a walk walking around he just needs some walking around money. That's what, uh, that's what he's looking for. I guess. Um, so apparently we find out that, that in, in the movie there is a symbiote that was, I guess, the first one that um, landed once they, they do. What they do confirm in this movie is that, okay, there is a pilot, J. Jonah Jameson, going along with his continuity, which is uh, he was brought here on a spaceship that J. Jonah Jameson piloted and safely crash landed and they lived. And the Venom suit was here, and that was great. Now, something that's been discussed in rumors is that there is a, like, deleted scene in which they show the pilots interacting with the symbiotes and, like, for the Life Foundation, them collecting a specimen and bringing it back. Because that's what they tell you within the movie, which is similar to the other shitty movie that we talked about before, Predator. This movie starts out with us <laughs> seeing space and then seeing something some spaceship come in space. there. And it's kind of, yeah. So... Okay, I get it. Fine. We got an alien movie. There are spaceships. It crashes. And then we get a chance to see the symbiote jump from body to body. Very similar to an old horror movie. Called, which, the, called the Hidden, if called you want to look it up. Uh, which they look very similar. And all of a sudden, it takes over the body and it heals everything that's happening to the body. Well, no, that's the only difference. In the Hidden, it didn't heal your body. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> then, if you're if dead, you you're got dead. fucked up, you got fucked up. It just crawled out of your body and went to the next person. So... Yeah, it's a very old movie. Going back to what you were talking about with uh, Michelle Williams' character. So after Eddie decides to steal the information from her computer, Uh he winds up getting her fired. Into which uh, the first flaw, the first big flaw in the movie, well, I guess as many, but the first big flaw in the movie, like, so she winds up getting fired because of the information that he steals. And then she dumps him. Her fiance. And I'm like, is that believable? Like, when you're in love with someone and they want you to trust in what they believe in, your first instinct is to dump them and leave them high and dry? So I what you're saying is she's, that, in, she's I an I found asshole. that, like, not believable at all. I, I didn't either because I, that's, why I, that's the first thing I said to myself. I started questioning that, and I'm like, so she's going to dump him. Like, I asked many people who's in a relationship, if your spouse got you fired and it wasn't like some violent shit, it was like he stole something from you or she stole something from you, it might be a serious ass discussion or a fight, but not necessarily like they, this movie didn't give me enough other scenarios that occur like he wasn't abusive or anything like that or he wasn't like repeatedly late for dates and yeah like it wasn't shit. enough stuff given to, to enough context given to say this is the last straw brock you're fucking done like there wasn't enough of that um and you know the shitty media guy who kind of like 
you kind of know this guy already. He's going to go there and like be an asshole because that's what he's been before. And it's like, oh, he gave you his word that he's not going to go there and ask some hard-hitting questions because <laughs> that's what he does. He's trying to ask those like, hey. Well, that's what any reporter would do. They're trying to get to the bottom of the story, and that's what he's known to do. So you kind of put him in that situation. So uh, fast forward to us seeing uh, what the, 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 the scientist decides to contact him because she gets a conscience about the experiments that are going oh, on. Oh yeah, a- after they kill a few people first. Oh, after they kill a few people, <laughs> she's like, human testing, I can't deal That's, with this. Uh, Jenny Slate's character. Let me go reach out to the, uh, the reporter. Con- the convenient reporter. The convenient she, reporter she, that we ruined based on like, you know, uh, firing his girlfriend and like cutting every all ties with him. Let's go run out to him. Instead of running to the major news, uh, we run to this, you know, solo this unemployed reporter who's you know like you have to get this story out here. Okay, fine. All right. You want me to believe that? I believe it. But all of this is going on and we haven't seen any signs of like Eddie Brock and Venom together. <laughs> At uh, all. We we've meet some like character that obviously well she's gonna have something to do with the rest of this movie this bum bum character that's outside the uh convenience store that he goes to all the time and you know apparently jumping forward ahead into him finally going to the lab uh somehow that that girl that bum chick was taken as a specimen coincidence i think not uh she's taken in as a specimen off the street because apparently they're picking up homeless people it worked for the story it worked for it was convenient enough for the plot um and then she decides what uh she's going to bring this reporter into a uh scientific lab and yeah wait wait she left jenny Slade's character left a reporter in a lab and she told him not to touch anything don't look around. Just stay right here, and I'll be back. That is like telling a kid in a candy store, stay right here. I'm going to the car. Don't try to touch any of the candy or any of those things, but I'm going to leave you right here with all of these candy jars wide open. Oh, and her name Don't was Dr. Dora Skirth, by the way. Skirth. Yeah, I was trying to figure that out. Oh, God. But so, of course, he doesn't just stand around. He starts looking around and snooping. And he sees a woman. Ooh, I wonder sitting, who that is. Sitting inside of the lab, and da da. Ironically, it's the same chick from the store. Oh no, what do you know? And then she needs help or whatever. And then, even though he's in a scientific lab, he decides to start pressing fucking buttons and opening this shit, not knowing what. Like she could have had anything, but he decides to fucking. Open this, take a, uh, what do you take, a fire extinguisher? Takes a fire extinguisher, breaks this shit open, to which she jumps out of the glass and starts attacking him. And while she's attacking him, the symbiote transfers from her body to his body. Ta-da, that's how Eddie Brock gets the symbiote, which is the wackiest thing I've ever seen ever. Correct. I don't remember the suit, like, attaching to someone in this way. Um... And it just it's just not a, a great way for us to see an iconic moment in which Eddie Brock gets a suit. We all remember from the Perius film, even with Topher Grace, where he the very iconic scene from the comics in which he's hanging from the bell tower and the suit drops yeah, that, down. That on one him. was actually a little more iconic than this one. Correct, and it like takes him over, and it is great. This one, he's just sick, and then he has voices in his head. 
<laughs> Basically, he has a voice in his head. Hello, Eddie. I'm in here. He's Randy Orton. I have voices in, in my head. head. I, I, I don't know. It, it, it's it's definitely um, not the best way I would have seen this go. And just the transferring of the symbiote is just a little bit weird. Oh, so, wait. And then let, let's go back to that scene again. So Jenny Slate leaves him in the fucking lab and says, I'll be right back. She never comes back. Where the hell did she go? She was off distracting the guard. I will go ahead and say that. I really? Remember, yeah, she was distracting <laughs> the guard and keeping the guard busy from going back inside and trying to figure out that whether or not she let somebody else inside. Which doesn't even, help. Even though they have surveillance cameras and stuff in this building. They're in a high-tech building. <laughs> like, the Life Foundation. They're, they're capable of just about everything. I but okay. Know. That was... I, I, I will say again, uh, what what I will say is that there are there are redeemable parts of this movie. There's not a point where it's like these people are they were legitimately trying to tell this story. Like no one no one was sitting there like snickering, not taking this seriously. These guys were actually trying to take it seriously and like do this movie. Um, there is like one scene that I love, which is like I love to see the fact that there's a moment where Venom throws Eddie into the water and like helps him swim apparently and you know he fights a few people fast forward to a moment he's <laughs> I'm sitting trying to, I'm trying to remember a part in the movie I actually liked what I will say what made me cringe is that there's a moment and you've probably seen this in clips online maybe where he's standing there in front of like a bunch of guards and he literally is saying, guys, I don't think you want to do this. And they literally could have shot his ass right there and it would have been <laughs> over. But okay, it's a movie, whatever. But I keep trying to see, and, and, and hopefully when I get this on Blu-ray, which will probably come, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spoil it right now and say it's probably going to come in a black Blu-ray case instead of a regular Blu-ray case because that's not new. Force Awakens came in a black blue, Blu-ray case, uh, so doesn't it, doesn't it, matter to me. I won't be buying this on DVD. It'll it'll or, get my or money. Blu-ray. It'll get my money because I want to I want to go through it. And I, what the part I'm trying to figure out is if you remember this, when those guys don't listen to him, he yells out, "Mask!" and the thing comes over him, and now he's like beating up everybody in like the big lobby in the Life Foundation. Yeah. And I'm kind of figuring out the fuck was that? I don't remember them having any agreement where him saying mask is like the the Shazam word to like make the fucking <laughs> I, suit come on him. I, so there I is a no moment th- th- that is one cringe moment. The second cringe moment that happened within that same time frame is if you notice there was a actual he threw somebody off of a of a banister, and it was an actual sound clip moment of the person screaming. Like, ah! It's a very famous, <laughs> used in only in horrible situations um, sound clip that I saw in the clip of it. And I'm like, that is a terrible sound clip. And I don't know who thought that that was cool for them to use that instead of just having some guy scream. Was it too much in the budget to have a guy just fucking scream? That was terrible. Don't do that. Um, please learn from your mistakes here. Keep it, keep it simple. What about Venom himself? Um, so many snacks, lungs, ears, eyes. I was like, um, no. <laughs> Venom was very chatty in this movie. Like they did make him a secondary character in this movie, and of course, everyone's like favorite line in the movie was like he called. There was a moment when he's like, "I, Daddy's like, I don't want to do that," and, and Venom goes, "Pussy." 
And it's yeah, like I guess I I I didn't get more of a Eddie and and symbiote we are venom vibe. I got more of a Rick Moranis and Seymour vibe to myself. I got a more downplayed version of Upgrade. I'm sorry. Suddenly I'm a- Seymour. O- only that, thing I his, understand- his voice and like what he did, it reminded me of Little Shop of Horrors more than anything else. Yeah, I, again, I, I, he's he's not the Eddie Brock that I would have expected, uh, but he did what he did, he could with this role. So it is what it was. It is with him. I will say that going pushing forward in towards the, like the other parts of this movie, like spoilers, you any for any fans out there that want to see a uh, female Venom, you do get a moment where Michelle Williams somehow connects with the symbiote and just enough long enough for her to have like a long kiss with Eddie Brock and I'm like, okay. I guess. Alright, whatever. We got a chance to see Venom with boobs. Okay, whatever. Like that's what we wanted. I'm like, cool. I actually thought that was a cool moment. I applauded oh, that. I was did? like, that's I cool. That that was I was in the theater like lame. So this movie also suffers from something else that um Amazing Spider Man ha- uh suffered from uh, Major Spider-Man 2 specifically. If you remember a long time ago when I've spoken about this movie, uh, if you haven't, I'll go ahead and share it with you. One of my biggest gripes with Harry Osborn putting putting on the suit and becoming Green, Green Goblin was it happened just automatically. He got infected with some shit. He crawled into a like cage where there was a suit oh, and a board. You mean that and it was he there. suddenly knew how to but fly a glider? All of a sudden, he knew how to fly a glider. So you're talking about Riz Ahmad's character when he suddenly got the symbiote, and he automatically knew how to just. Even though it took uh, Tom Hardy or Eddie Brock, it took him most of the end of the movie to finally gain all control with Venom. It literally, he went on him, and he just knew how to use it automatically. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I'm, yeah. 40 minutes into the movie, you get the traveling fucking uh, person who has, the, from a grandmother to a little kid, you have the, those those people finally show up at the Life Foundation, which basically the reasoning behind the symbiote coming all the way to the Life Foundation in San Francisco, California is so that he can get back to his rocket, so that he can go back to Planet Symbiote, and then get all of those symbiotes to come <laughs> back down to Earth. I'm on a rocket. I'm flying to outer space. So you remember those old skits with Tracy Morgan on this? No. <laughs> I guess I'll have to show you that after this. But that's what that reminded me of. I'm on rocket. a rocket. I'm on a outer space. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to get back to a rocket, and he decided, "Oh, hey, you're you look convenient enough for me to like jump into your body and, and take over." And clearly, there was a po- moment where um, the suit. I'm not sure if Tom Hardy was the voice of both suits, but it seemed like I know like he was a, the voice of Venom when you know with the garbled voice. Yeah, I'm pretty but sure that was Tom Hardy also. It sounded like it was the same voice for both Venom and Riot, which for some reason we decided to make Riot the main I, villain. I'm also here. pretty sure spoilers that uh Tom Hardy died at the end, yeah. but somehow he came back to life. I don't okay. So we just gonna forget about how he just got impaled, but okay. Yeah, so somehow <laughs> Venom was able to heal him and like bring him back long enough for him to put um, Riot on a, on a rocket, and just doesn't make sense to me. He probably should have 
took care of Eddie. I mean, I guess he thought he took care of him and then jumped on the rocket himself. But one thing that propels a rocket and is also something that's very dangerous to symbiotes is fire. So put two and two fire together. Bad. Like Frankenstein? Yeah, fire so bad. He fucking like destroyed it. Now, that also didn't make sense to me as well because it seemed to me at the end of this movie uh, that Eddie Brock is falling down into the water and the suit is like protecting him and getting fucking burnt up like the symbiote does when it's around extreme fire. But somehow at the end of this movie, he's still within him and he's still like, I don't, I don't, I didn't get that. That didn't make sense <laughs> to me where it was like, he got burnt up. Was there a scene missing where like, I thought Eddie Brock fell down. Oh, and I'm just, like, just wait, just wait for the, how does some fans say, let's wait for the DVD release. It's going to have all the, yeah, fuck scene. the DVD release. It'll, it'll, ex- it'll explain it. No, I don't need 30 more minutes of the movie. Oh, you just like the MCU. Those are my favorites. Oh, those are the favorite ones. Like, Listen, yeah, I can be no, I can be no, unbiased no, and I, say No, I I just like good movies with a good story. This is a step this is a step in a direction for Sony. It is a better direction than most of us would have thought. I thought this movie was gonna be a steam and pile of shit. It was not a steam and pile of shit. It was a fart. Which is a fart, it's not so a fart will go away. It's like, oh, that was I'd that say smelled it's, bad. It's more like, it, to me, it was more like when you take a dump, but you're a little constipated, so it only half comes out. <laughs> okay, so you're saying it's a piece of a turd, but it's not a full turd. All right, okay. Or, or like a turd walking yeah. down the street in the wind. In the, in the wind. I'm I, sorry. Who the fuck came up with that dialogue? Because that shit don't make no sense. I'm gonna, I'm gonna chew off your arms and your legs. Like who? And your head. Who has turds flowing down in the wind? Turds flowing in the wind. And it's like, what? Who says that? Like, I don't know. They, people have made fun of it online since the trailer. And oh man. And and now we come to my favorite part, which is the after credit. No, 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 no. Wait. Before we get to that, we do have to talk about something that I think that this movie wanted to leave open but they forgot that some people were sitting in the theater saying we don't give a shit was their last conversation between eddie brock and michelle williams when they're sitting there and they're talking about the kiss that she had with him or whatever where clearly we know that these two are gonna somehow come back together the doctor dude even though she (laughs) is in a relationship with a guy that uh, with a character that they made a good guy which is another mistake because like if the guy was an asshole, then you'd say, like, yeah, they're going to wind up breaking up. But you put her with a doctor, and he was a really good guy. Oh, he's going to die. <laughs> that's, like, that's, that's, that's how it works in comics. <laughs> he, he's going to die. It's like, cool. Um, okay. And that's going to be, like, she's going to be mourning, and, you know, he's going to. I would. I, here, here, here's my prediction for that. He's going to die, but Venom is going to have something to do with it, whether indirectly or directly. And he's not going to oh, be able to. Oh, you're talking about a sequel? Yeah. I don't need a sequel. This movie made two hundred million dollars. It's, it's coming, whether you, guys, you want it or not. You guys tried two hundred million dollars. It's coming. If if we see Venom again, I, I hope it actually is in the MCU. Two hundred million dollars. We get in a sequel. What I will say about that conversation, if you pay close attention, he talks about working for another company in which he's doing an interview with a very big person, and like we're questioning. Where is he working, and who is it that he's interviewing that they just decided not to say who the oh. fuck it was? I didn't even pay attention that mo- that much by the end to even know that. Now, that my thought is that now that I'm sitting here thinking about that, 
my thought is that that dialogue was going into the shitty after credit scene that you're you're about to tell us about, um, which please oh, by all the, means. So Eddie's driving up to a, a jail, San Quentin. Where, where was it? San Quentin. That was San Quentin. Yep. All right, he's driving up to a jail. The officers escorting him to a jail cell, and he's like, "This guy, the, the baddest and the bad, or whatever, whatever, whatever." And I'm like, <laughs> "Okay." They get in there, and it's like this Hannibal Lecter-like jail cell, and there's a person in the cell who's drawing "Welcome Eddie" with blood on his hand, like on the wall. So I'm like, "Okay, so you're gonna bleed out in the cell?" It's the first stupid idea. Then uh, you turn around, and it's Woody Harrelson. And you're like, whoa, what is Woody Harrelson doing in this shitty movie? And it's not just Woody Harrelson. It's Woody Harrelson dressed as Carrot Top. Which is <laughs> a terrible opinion. fucking wig. So just... then we go, for all of the comic book people who actually know who this character is, we say, oh, my God, it's Cletus Cassidy. But for all of the people who don't know who it is, you go, oh, it's Woody Harrelson. And then Woody Harrison looks at uh, looks up at Tom, tells him to come over closer into the light so he can see him. And then he walks a little closer. Oh God! Here comes and that then, moment. And then he, some of the most terrible dialogue that was ever written. He says, "When I get out of here, and I will, there's gonna be carnage." And then the theater that I was in, people started going, "Oh!" And to which I now. I had to dial it. I had to dial it back and rewind and say to myself, "So how did he know? So first off, how, how did he know who Eddie was? Why were the guards just letting him write on the wall with blood? And like, like nothing is explained at all. Like nothing. Like there was no indication of that character earlier on in the movie. Nothing. So I." I don't know. I, I kind of left the theater kind of pissed off after that because I was like, God, please don't make a sequel because this movie is terrible. Can we... Just that fucking red wig that he they had Woody Harrelson. You think Harrelson. that was a wig or he grew his hair no, and they died? No, no. That shit was a red, shiny Halloween store wig uh, that was meant for it to be curly red hair, but... Apparently, Woody Harrelson couldn't grow it, and they couldn't afford a bigger budget for that because that shit didn't make any sense. Um, so, yeah, I'm just gonna go ahead and say I cringed when Ronnie said it, and I cringed even harder when I fucking was sitting in that theater watching this here, screener. There's gonna be kind God damn it! You don't <laughs> have to say it again. It's just fucking terrible. It is. It is as bad. It's, Wait, and you want a sequel? It is as <laughs> oh bad God. as Will Smith saying, we must do some kind of suicide squad. <laughs> you can't fucking say it. <laughs> Guys, don't fucking say it. It's not Are you going to get to hear him say it again soon? <laughs> when I get out of here. I can't even say it. It's terrible. They should change that title to Will, Will and Margot Robbie's Goon Squad. Oh, boy. I can't. Um, so with that said, that was our review of uh, Venom. There was a second after credit scene, which is actually about a two to three minute awesome scene from Into the Spider-Verse. Which looks, yeah, this- but we'll, we'll save you the trouble of saying that. Oh, wait. And you'll see that after the other 15 minutes of credits after I don't know what that the was first about. Venom 
uh, credit scene, which I don't know why it was fucking 15 minutes long. I would like someone, and I give this out to the audience to do as we start to wrap up. Uh, Please do me a favor and try to see if there's any way, because I've been searching the web, trying to figure out what was the big deal about the in association with Marvel. Was that Marvel saying, we ain't got nothing to do with this shit? Or was that Marvel (laughs) saying, (laughs) was that Marvel saying, um, we coached them to make a better movie. You know what? You know what that was saying. Remember in uh, the first, the first Avengers movie when uh, Nick Fury says like when um, no, it's Black Widow when she says like it's like he's and Thor's like it's my brother and then Black Widow's like he killed, <laughs> he, he murdered eighty people and then he's like he's adopted. That's like that's my, that's the relationship with Sony. So and you're Disney saying right the and so and and again, uh, anyone out there in the audience who's listening, if you please can look this up and try to like reach out to us on any of social media channels, I'll be more than happy. Or you can reach us on the email, social media. You can reach us on Ramar at Twitter, Ronnie Markel Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, uh, Tumblr at tumblr.com slash. Um, Ronnie Markell and coming very soon youtube.com slash Ronnie Markell I'll podcast. tell you they, this is what happened so Disney was like oh we're, they're making Venom and then and they went around telling people they're making Venom and then Kevin Feige and everybody probably got to see like a really really early rough copy of Venom and they saw it and they watched it and they said oh, oh we're in a we're in a, we're in association we're, we're in association with with uh, it's like with, so, are Tony. you friends? No, we're associates. Yeah, we're associates. We're associates. Yeah, it's like a guy who tells <laughs> his friends that oh, he's dating this girl, and she goes, "No, we're just friends." Like oh, no, no, we're we're working on it. We're working things. We're working through things, guys. I don't know what to say other than if you, um, if you're gonna go see Venom, make sure it's on a matinee price. Don't pay full price. Don't pay full price. Check out Venom. Uh, it is. I give it a, a solid um, seven out of seven out of ten. And I give it a. Now that I think about it, and it just makes me mad. Even the fact that we talked about it, I give it a four out of ten. You can't give it a four because you gave Batman vs Superman a four. It is not a four. It is not okay, Batman vs Superman. Four and a half versus four. It four and a half out of ten. Batman vs. Okay, four point five out of ten. It is nowhere near. I would say it's it, if you're gonna All give right. it a low score. All right, since you're begging for a, sc- I'll give it a five out of ten. <laughs> that's better. That's better than fucking uh, Suicide Squad. I'm pretty Squad sure I gave Batman vs Superman a zero, but okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna give it a zero. It might have been. It might be two, two, two to three, maybe. But uh, with that said, we're gonna go ahead and bring it on home. Uh, this has been the episode 59 of the Ronnie Markel Make a Podcast Show. Um, Again, check us out on all of our social media plugs, as I gave earlier. Uh, you can also reach out to us personally if you or someone you know are looking to uh, be a guest on the show and you work in the industry, uh, particularly in any of the industries that we're talking about, like film, TV, comics, um, wrestling, you know, any of those particular industries. Please send us an inquiry via Ronnie and Markel at gmail.com and we'll be more than happy to take a look at it and respond to you pretty quickly uh, we're open to those ideas so you know please do reach out to us uh, but with that said we're going to go ahead and take it on home the same way we always do being I am Markel and I am Markel and this has been episode 59 <laughs> I said I was you <laughs> you said you were Markel <laughs> I'm in I'm Ronnie oh god he must be tired <laughs> um, 
So, with that said, this is the end of our uh, 2018 New York Comic Con special uh, where we recap Venom and talked about our highs and lows of New York Comic Con. And with that said, I will go ahead and say, please make sure that you eat your prayers and say your vitamins. And I will say, always wear a sweater when it's cold because you might be a little bit chilly. But, you know, not any bell bottoms or anything like that. Just, you know. Some good pants. Wear some good pants. Yeah, sorry, Ronnie. Global warming is going to burn us all. That's that's pretty much That's a myth. Oh, it's a myth. Oh, all right. (laughs) I'm done with your shit right now. See you later. Bye, guys.